from our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Hey, welcome to Startups of the Week, Season 2, Episode 6. I'm Owen, and I'm with Alex. Hello. Coming up, we're talking about a startup that can imitate anyone's voice, a logistics company that just raised a truckload of cash, and Lytro, a company that helps us understand why in Silicon Valley... An acquisition is not always an acquisition. Hello, I'm Chronicle Business Editor Owen Thomas, filling in for Trisha Thadani, who's about to start a very exciting assignment in India over the coming weeks. And I'm here with Alex Wilhelm, uh, our partner at Crunchbase News. And this is Startups of the Week. Alex, how did we pick the startups this week? Yeah, so for everyone who knows here in season two, what we've done is broaden the categories a little bit. So we look for one company that's kind of trending, kind of a diamond in the rough, I think. They've raised less than 50 million in funding, haven't raised recently, and have not been acquired. So they're trending for news or a product launch or something kind of fun. Then we look for one company that has been acquired recently. So a Bay Area-based tech company that was bought that we find to be kind of cool. So not the boring acquisitions, but one that we're kind of like, oh, dang, that's hot. And then one company that raised usually a larger round. So maybe an amount of money that would put them outside of our first category, but still that we have our eye on. And that lets us kind of look at a broad array of companies, young, acquired, and then growing. Excellent. Well, let's start with the diamond in the rough. Yes. Um, that is voicery. Now, Alex, what does voicery mean? So it's one of those weird kind of like smushed together words. In this case, it's voice and sorcery voicery. And usually I would mock that as kind of like a silly little startup, like, you know, he, he, he. But in this case, it actually describes what they do uh, pretty well, I think, you know? Magic. Magic. And so what they do is they take uh, a couple hours of your voice. So they could take just this podcast, for example, to do me. And what they'll do is they'll input that into their magical technology system. That's how it works, magic. And it can create kind of a synthetic version of your voice, as far as I understand, which is super cool, um, but also makes me a little nervous. Why is that? Well, I, I mean, we think a lot about fakes, right? Mm-hmm. And one thing we don't want to do is let tech replicate ourselves uh, in a false way that makes it a, a, a mispresentation. Um, so, you know, we talk a lot about fake news. I mean, this is the preeminent Bay Area newspaper. You guys fight against fake news. Um, what if someone could put out an audio recording of Owen Thomas saying fake news in your voice? I mean, that's pretty scary. I mean, yeah. we uh, we actually recently wrote, Benny and Evangelista had a good report on the threat of uh, so-called deep fakes, which are fake videos. This, as with all technology, this started out in the field of pornography. People it, were it putting uh, other actresses' faces on porn stars and creating these you know, essentially fake clips that looked real. But what Benny pointed out is more and more news is being presented as video. And you, if you can create a faked video, a politician appearing, you know, in a room with some scandalous figure when they were never there, people tend to have their guard down around video more so than with text. Very and true. Um, it could really exacerbate the fake news problem. Well, I think now whenever I see an image... I, I have a little tickle in the back of my mind, like, is that photoshopped? Look at it. Does it look fake? Does it look faked? Is there anything about it that's kind of weird? But with video, you're right. I pay less attention. And this came up just recently in the last um, couple of weeks. Uh, Emma Gonzalez, one of the um, 
Uh, um, activists? Part, yeah, students, one of the student um, activists protesting. Student activists. Gun, you know, protesting uh, the loose gun controls we have in the United States so I, after a recent mass shooting. Right. I just knew it wasn't child and it wasn't adult. I was looking for student, student. activists. There we go. Yes. Um, she had a, a video made of her tearing a, um, a gun target in half. And it provocative maybe but someone took that and then photoshopped the video the constitution on it so it looked like she was tearing at the constitution and that spread across right-wing twitter so that's kind of a deep fake if you will that's dangerous voicery hopefully will not have its technology used for ill hopefully only for good um it's cool maybe we can bring tupac back for real but i think it's gonna be a pretty exciting project and it's a yc company which recently had its demo day yc stands for y combinator it does and uh, what are some companies that have come out of y Combinator? oh you haven't heard of any of them maybe like dropbox airbnb i've heard of that one yeah uh y combinator so, is a big deal y combinator is kind of the the preeminent startup factory of silicon valley and then big success uh just in the past week with the Dropbox IPO. I was going to say, they've been, they've been bouncing around the news. Uh, just, they're, they're doing fine. Yes. Um, but this is the YC company we picked uh, for this week. So, Excellent. Well, let's keep trucking with Keep Trucking. I'm so ashamed we actually used that joke. Ah! Uh, anyways, Keep Trucking uh, raised a bunch of money, $50 million. So what are they going to do? What are they going to do? What are they going to do with all that cash, all that cash within their stash? If you're not watching the Facebook Live, you did just miss Owen doing an actual dance. Um, with it the, wasn't very good. It was – I mean to be fair, it's better than I could do. Um, well, true. But Keep Trucking is interesting uh, not just for the dollar amount. $50 million is a large check size but not huge in 2018. Um, but it seems to be an investment in keeping track of truckers' information – while we're talking about autonomous driving. So I feel like on one hand, people are making bets that we're going to have autonomous trucks, autonomous cars, and we won't have to have people. And then here, Keep Trucking is working on kind of like a records management for truckers that are people. And so it almost feels like a contra bet to what we talk about mostly in tech. Well, I think, you know, in Silicon Valley, there's kind of an, an assumption that we hit the accelerator and just go all the way to the future. But what many people who have invested in autonomous trucking have said is, Really, the truckers are probably going to be doing a lot of the work. They might drive during the day and then rest at night, and the truck will keep going. Previously, they had to spend you know a, you know spend a few hours at a truck stop and rest. Yeah. Um, so, also a lot of uh, truck drivers are independent operators, so they own their truck and they're working for these various services that have to track them. So you know you can imagine an independent truck operator is thinking, "Hey, I can drive twice as many miles." If I just give the robot the wheel on those long, boring stretches of highway, yeah. I, can, I can have a better lifestyle, be more productive. So that's probably going to be the transitional phase for some time. There's also, you know, there's also the thing when they get into big cities. I was going to say. Maneuvering trucks um, on streets is much harder than on highways. Yes. So I can see this company actually having a long period of usefulness before it all goes kind of robot truck. It's really fun because if you think about where we are now here in San Francisco, I grew up in Corvallis, Oregon, which is, you know, up I-5, which mm -hmm. is a straight shot north up the, you know, the West Coast. If I was a trucker, I would not want to trust that robot to get me onto I-5. But once you get on I-5, you just kind of go straight. You might like, as well be a robot yourself. Exactly. So maybe it's going to be kind of like an endpoint management system for humans versus autonomous. And then you'll still need record management either way. And Keep Trucking has plenty of cash now. IVP was in that round. They've had a lot of other uh, big-name backers. IVP is Institutional Snapchat Venture or... Partners. Yes. Um, the, so they invest mostly in later-stage companies, mm -hmm. and they have a very uh, low failure rate, they will tell you. 
in the of when they deploy capital, how often they don't get anything back. So they're making a pretty serious wager on trucks. Uh, you know, in startups, if you're not uh, losing all your money on nine out of ten startups, you're probably not uh, investing in the right ones anyway. People say that, but wouldn't it be great to make you know ten x on all ten? You know, I'm just saying. Well, that's a that's a good segue into our third company, yes. uh, which is uh, a, an eye opening view into the reality of many Silicon Valley startups. Not everything's a hit, and then you have to figure out what do you do with whatever you have. So. Google bought Lytro, but except they didn't really buy Lytro. Can you explain that, Alex? Well, there's a thing called an aqua hire. And Ooh. or well, and Do we have can, to call it that? We don't have to call it that. We can call it a fake acquisition. We can mm. call it a talent grab with extra checks. Fake acquisition like fake news? Um, well, it's just not a hashtag. Then. A faux position? A faux position. Trump won't tweet about it, but we can talk about it. What it means is if I want to buy Owen Incorporated mm-hmm. and I think you've got tremendous revenues and cash flows and IP and all this great stuff, I'm going to pay a lot of money for it. Mm-hmm. But if I look at Owen Inc. and I go, well, it's got six people that I really like and the tech's okay, but I really want the, the brains, I'm going to go and say, look, I'll buy your company, but I'm not going to pay that much for it because I'm not really buying the business. I'm more buying maybe some IP and most of the talent. So it's an acquisition hire. IP is intellectual property, yes. so that could be software code. It could be kind of like business processes, patents, um, whatever, whatever all, it is, all that stuff. But so are you saying that Lytro was an aqua hire? Uh, that is what we're seeing reported, and uh, I believe TechCrunch said it was somewhere between twenty-five million dollars and forty million dollars. So these these talent acquisition deals are um, sometimes, you know, sometimes a substantial amount of money. Now, yes. for Google, which is part of Alphabet, which makes gazillions of dollars a year it's not very much money no but i think what google is worrying about more than anyone is how do i snap up all the best engineers in the valley before apple or facebook or twitter or whoever gets to them right and so people are willing to pay huge amounts of money and you can tell what in tech is hottest based on how much these aqua hires go for so if you are an autonomous driving startup to go back to that topic your engineers are worth more per person in aqua hires Mm -hmm. than you are if you're in like I don't know, pick something else, marketing tech. But, you know, deep learning's hot right now. Big data is still a big thing. And um, so to see Google go about doing this, not a huge surprise. And the dollar amount is right in that range that Yahoo used under Marissa Mayer to buy like 48 companies. And it's, so, it's like – it's something like $2 million an engineer. Which, which sounds absolutely crazy and it kind of is. Uh, but, you know, the markets are kind of high right now and everyone's got a lot of money and everyone's very afraid of losing a talent war. And, you know, by the way, it costs a lot to recruit and it costs a lot to retain. Retain is more the point. If you hire an engineer without an earnout provision built into their contract, they can leave. And then you're sitting there having spent all that money on referrals and recruiters and in-house staff. And it's, it's a lot of money. Yeah. So, um, so it may seem kind of crazy outside of the Silicon Valley bubble, but there is a certain logic to it. That, yeah. That's now, fair. You talked about this being a fake acquisition. Um, you know, often companies, when you know, when we as journalists call them up and say, you know, hey, did you buy company X? They kind of play word games. I know. Um, but th- there's something to that. Like they they don't actually buy the company in some scenarios. And so there's a way to wiggle out of that legally. And I think you have the best explanation of this. So there's core aqua hires when mm-hmm. I buy the whole shebang and then what are the other options that companies can right. go through so if you if you want to buy you know essentially a team of people you can actually buy the company and then that company becomes a subsidiary the subsidiary has employment contracts with all of your people and they become 
your employees. Yes. It's very clean. Mm-hmm. You may not always want to want to do that. The company may have debts, other obligations. There may be other things you want to avoid. You may just not really uh, want to kind of pay out the full price to mm-hmm. all of the shareholders. So another way you can go is to um, buy some of the intellectual property of the company and other business assets. Um, you might even pick up a lease for the office where the folks work. Sure. And separately, you hire all the people. So you're making a payment to the corporate entity, which still exists. You're hiring away the people so they resign from company X and they are hired by you. But you don't take over all of company X's potential problems or right. snacks. Sure. And you know, often when you see, you know, when you see an announcement from a company that says we're quote joining Facebook, <laughs> uh, but we're sorry to say we're shutting down our service. Right. That's often because it's taken a form like that where where the company is not being bought. And the company still exists on paper and they may try to sell some other intellectual property to someone else, still get some value yeah. out of what's left. A lot of people do this. I mean, a company called Exit Round was built literally to help take apart venture-backed companies and get rid of the value and put some of that money back to the um, uh, their investors. But why would you go through all that extra work? If I'm Facebook and I just want those seven engineers, why not just go yoink and take them away? You can, you can certainly go yoink mm-hmm. um, and just go and poach them essentially from this dying company, which would seem like a pretty easy thing to do. Sure. Your company's dying. Don't you want to come work for us? But can you get them all you know, together as a team um, in an organized way? Do you want just the best engineers? Well, ah. then you need someone to tell you who the best engineers are. Right. And that knowledge of you know, who, who does what on the team and who performs the best, that's actually proprietary business knowledge. So if you were to hire the engineering manager first, which is pretty common, Mm -hmm. and have her kind of pick and choose who else you want to hire, she would be using the business knowledge of the the you know the target company um, for you, and that is potentially something that could give rise to legal claims. And so maybe what you do is you take some money, yes, and you start handing it around to the old investors, to other people that might be involved, and you kind of placate them. But you still don't buy the company itself. So right. it's kind of like you use money to grease the skids. You still exactly. get the staff, but no one gets too mad. And that, that's another form that these acquisitions can take is essentially before anyone sues anyone else, <laughs> you just pay – you just give them a payoff and they promise not to sue you. Mm-hmm. And then you, you hire away their people. Why does Silicon Valley always sound a bit like the mafia whenever we talk about it in kind of concrete well, it, terms? It, it, is, it is a very kind of like insidery culture. And yes. you know the, the reason why – like, yes, if you were just trying to keep costs down, you might just, you know, on the cheap, hire away these people. But you're, everyone in Silicon Valley is always thinking about what's the next deal I need to do. So if Facebook, you know, buys a Sequoia-backed company, Sequoia is a big investor, investor in Dropbox and, and um, Google and a lot of other companies. Everyone. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sequoia had, had people on Google's board. Now, if Google is going to, by you know, by a company that's Sequoia backed, um, they're going to want to you know pay some money to their old buddies mm-hmm. so that the next deal goes through and the next deal goes through. The the term is called deal flow, and if you're cut off from that deal flow, then you don't get to even hear about that next cool startup. 
Right. You can't even then pass on it by mistake. You just can't, won't even hear about it. And deal flow is what venture capitalists uh, prize almost the most because it can be their competitive advantage in yeah. a relatively commoditized market. There's a lot of capital out there. Yeah. And, um, you know, so a lot of this is kind of reputation. And so, it, you know, it, it might seem like a payoff from the outside, but another way to look at it is there was some value created. It wasn't enough to be a, a standalone company on, on its own. But the buyer wants to fairly recognize that value. And a uh, pat on the back and a big fat check in the pocket will go the a long way to doing that. Big fat check does not hurt. No, it does not. And that is the way of Silicon Valley. He who has the gold makes the rules and buys the companies. Well, I think that's a good note to wrap up on. This has been Startups of the Week. Thank you, Alex. Thank and you, Owen. We'll see you back soon. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Read more startups coverage at sfchronicle.com. And crunchbase.news. I'm Owen Thomas. And I'm Alex Wilhelm. And this is Startups of the Week. You've been listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our executive producer is Fernando Diaz. Our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. And our producers are Peter Hartlob, Brittany Schell, and Claire Varelos. The music you just heard is Botfest by Alex Vaughn. If you like what you heard, good news, there's more. Listen to Chronicle Podcasts and get bonus content at sfchronicle.com slash podcast or subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, or other streaming services.